Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today we are going to talk about a very important remedy in children's health care. It's, it's kind of funny because with all the fevers that have been going on around the country lately, this is one of the remedies that when people tell me belladonna isn't working for their children, I think, go to stramonium. Stramonium is an amazing remedy. It's jimson weed. Many of you know this remedy that's super, super good for when they make poison ivy soap. They use jimson weed in there. It's kind of interesting. But anyway, it's, um, it's a remedy that uh, we first think of for fright and convulsions. I say fright because it is a tremendous fright remedy. Oddly enough, it's in the same plant family with belladonna, the Solanche family of plants. And it is very much like belladonna in the sense that the eyes will be really wide, dilation, um, very bright. Um, they can have the, the silly behavior, you know, um, and where belladonna is great for fever that comes on quickly and violently. Stramonium is great for high fever that comes on violently and then becomes intermittent. So where the fever just, it, it comes and goes like at night and then like in the morning it's, it's down again and then it comes back on at night. When that happens, think of stramonium because intermittent fever is, it's like a pattern of fever where there's an interval where the temperature is elevated for several hours and then it will come back down. It may even drop down to normal and then it will come back again, especially during infectious diseases. So this is what we think of with when we're talking about intermittent fever. Like I said, elevated and then back down to normal. And then it'll go back into the elevation again, maybe at night. That's usually what happens with a lot of children's diseases is that, oh, you know, the child's feeling better. You let them get up and run around and then you feel guilty because the fever comes back on at night. Again, that's intermittent fever. So stramonium is an amazing remedy to think of for intermittent fever. It's also a remedy that we think of for those who laugh in, at a serious situation or exhibit uncontrollable anger or rage. This is a, like I said, it's a violent action upon the brain. Um, Hahnemann, actually, he was the prover for stramonium. And he says that we need to pay strong attention to stramonium because uh, helps with many spasmodic movements and restores suppressed excretions. In several cases in which there was absence of pain in a prominent symptom, in addition to the absence of pain, there is in the stramonium, as in with other mental cases. You know how I'm always talking about, I'm always saying that if you go to, like they used to have insane asylums, if you go to an insane asylum, you'll never see anyone there with that's crippled or in pain. They're just their mind isn't there. Because what happens in a situation when the mind, like someone has gone through a tremendous shock or something has happened, the mind isn't healthy enough to throw the symptoms externally. And so the mind will break. 
Well, this is what Hahnemann is referring to when he says, in the absence of symptoms. So stramonium would often restore the symptoms, the physical symptoms. It affects the muscles, the expression. The movements of stramonium are generally gyratory and graceful when they occur in the arms. The forms of mania, especially mentioned by Testi, are calling for, for stramonium. Certain forms of religious monomania, an exaggerated and ridiculous scruples of conscience, fixed notion that some unpardonable sin has been committed, hallucinations. The delirium of stramonium is for the most part terrifying. And when we talk about stramonium with delirium and hallucinations, that's really, really high fever. Very often will bring on that type of mania. It corresponds also to many cases of what they call delirium tremens. Visions of animals enter largely into it. I know you've all heard me talk about like when I would get super, super high fevers, like 106 fever when I was a kid, and I would have hallucinations and visions, and I would dream of, I can remember, I, w- I dreamt about a, a dog race, like a dog track race, and then I ended up throwing up. But it was so weird because... I can remember wanting to scream during this dream, but I don't think I was. It was just, you know, um, but I wasn't really sleeping. I just, hallucinations, it's crazy. What will happen to the mind when it's extremely ill? For severe cases of pneumonia, especially of the right side, supervening on scarlatina. Oh, here, here we go. It's so funny. This is from John H. Clark. He says that um, in the case of severe pleural pneumonia on the right side, supervening on scarlatina, the patient, a young man, said he saw a large black dog about the room. <laughs> this led me to give stramonium, which rapidly altered the whole case for the better, including the pneumonia, and resolved a situation of no little anxiety. Stramonium is also called for in congestions without actual inflammations, but with high mental exaltation and furious delirium, and even with little or no fever, without pain, but with some coma. It's very, very interesting. That, like Again, we have the state of the flushed face, expressions that can alternate between um, pleasant and anxious, the pupils widely dilated, the iris scarcely visible, giving the eye a very brilliant appearance. Just, and that's exactly like with Belladonna. Marked convergent strabismus. And I don't know if you understand what strabismus is, but strabismus is actually where the eyes will wander. Like one eye can go to the left or to the right or inward or outward. And that's where they're not together, where the eyes... And that can actually be caused by severe fright. Because, like I said, stramonium is one of the most frightful of all remedies in the Materia Medica. It's extreme fright. It's delirious fright. Um, when you watch, I don't know, I don't like to watch scary movies. Never have. <laughs> I couldn't even sit through Wizard of Oz when I was a kid. But that's the type of fright. When you watch a horror movie and, and people like, you know, screaming, screaming. That's the type of fright of the stramonium fright. And even little children, like when you, even at night... You hear your child screaming, screaming, screaming. You go in there and you can't even calm them down because they're so afraid of something. That's stramonium. I, ha- I, I have one daughter. Oh, my goodness. When she would just be so, so afraid, it was just crazy. She would just go into that, just like that manic 
screaming and you couldn't calm her down. It was, it was funny. I mean, it wasn't funny. It was sad, but <laughs> so Stramonium, like I said, has, um, all sorts of, of responses to the situation, whether it be the fever, the, the fright or other situations that, that cause them to go into this. And again, spasms are really huge. You have the strabismus of the eyes, um, and then the skin can be hot, resembling scarlatina, um, the abdomen tense. The most alarming symptoms can be rapidly recurring convulsions and twitching of the arms and the lower limbs. 30 or 40 of these spasms occurred in rapid succession, followed by movement, which the countenance brightened and seemed at rest, only to be followed by an instant of, of a series of clonic contractions grasping at imaginary objects before the eyes when expression frequently became anxious and the patient was trying to ward off imaginary foes. Again, like I said, see, this is the type of delirium that this remedy can produce. So when we're talking about stramonium, it's, it is, I, you know, if you had someone who had delirium beyond a fever, I would just, I would call a, a homeopath to help you through it. But if someone you know has a fever and that it has brought on this delirium and they have the intermittent pattern of fever, definitely think of stramonium because it seriously is one of the most important remedies. And I have, I've used this remedy also for strabismus in the sense that um, when you go back in the patient's history, there was maybe a, a huge fright that left them with this muscular irregularities. And it can be of any muscle. That's why strabismus is basically, strabismus is just uh, when the eyes are wandering like that, it's just a weakness in the muscles. Now, what caused that, right? So a lot of times, like for instance, when I was born, I, I was a forceps delivery and my eyes wandered for, <laughs> for almost a year. And they did straighten out eventually, but the sphenoid, I didn't realize until I started taking cranial sacral, my sphenoid was, is offset. But the point is, is it's those muscles were affected from, from the forceps delivery. And it took my body, you know, like a year because of the continued sphenoid imbalance. It took a year for the body to get those muscles back in balance. Mine wasn't necessarily from a fright, but from an injury. So it's really interesting. You know, once you understand the never well since and what has gone on in the past, it's a little easier to pinpoint a remedy. But if I would have had cranial sacral, it would have straightened itself right out. But we didn't know that at the time, right? So you see all these little babies with wandering eyes. Oh my goodness, get them in there for cranial sacral so that the body doesn't have to work so hard to try and adjust something that it shouldn't be trying to adjust in the first place. You know, like I said, it, my body was adjusting to an imbalance or an imperfection. It finally did, which was, you know, like I said, it, I never had real good monocular vision after that if they would have given me the cranial sacral, oh my gosh, my life would have been so different, I suppose. I didn't know I was off, but. <laughs> oh, shoot. Anyway, stramonium. Back to our wonderful remedy. Um, stramonium, again, twitching of the single muscles and the squint um, is stramonium. You know, the kids that squint a lot, um, constantly um, blinking, it can be a great remedy for that because it also is really good for many cases of chorea. And we know chorea to be that, that constant tick type movement of the body, especially following a fright or an emotional upset or trauma. 
Agaricus is another remedy that's really, really good for that type of movement. But again, depending on the reason, you know, when fright has been the cause, stramonium will almost always help the situation. Stramonium also has a relation in the hip joints, has cured both coxalgia and morbus coxae, and this is accompanied by severe pain. You know, like we have that, that nerve pain that attends coxalgia and is one exception to the painlessness of stramonium infections. So that's the one exception. Otherwise, other affections are usually painless. Stramonium causes, like I say, the high fever with rashes, some scarlet, like scarlatina, pedicea, spots on the arms, like flea bites, vescations. It corresponds also to burns and scalds. Stramonium also has an affinity for for suppressions. So things that have been suppressed that cause convulsions, so we have the fright or fear, the clonic type muscular contractions of stramonium. Also, they can occur due to suppressions. These can also cause chorea as well. So whenever we see anything spasmatic, do think of stramonium because until you know the, the source of the spasms and the, the chorea type muscular contractions, you know, don't rule stramonium out. In fact, just kind of think of that first. And even if it's a respiratory contraction of the chest, as asthmatic patients, um, they can have a cough or whooping, type, whooping cough type reaction. That can be a, what we call a spasmodic cough. And again, think of stramonium because that can really help. I think it's interesting to find that we know Hahnemann was the original prover of stramonium. And Hahnemann used stramonium to cure rabies. Now, when I, when I first encountered a situation where I felt rabies was prevalent, I used belladonna. Now, the thing is, is when we study Rajan, uh, Jan Schulten's, I don't know what Rajan calls it now. It used to be the sensation method. And that's what I originally learned after I learned classical homeopathy, which was a way for me to very easily categorize remedies, especially plant families. I just find that super, super interesting. With stramonium, we know that it can actually, like say, work to cure rabies. Uh, Hahnemann attached a good deal of importance to this remedy and he, it was a very important remedy in his, his work. Parkinson's type diseases, the trembling of the limbs, nervous tremors, convulsions, spasms worse at night, tonic and clonic spasms. This is the type of um, chorea that I was discussing. Paralysis of one side, convulsions of the side, or unilateral paralysis with twitching. General paralysis of the insane. Chorea, epilepsy from fright, catalepsy, Limbs can be moved by others, traumatic neuritis. And again, one of the main rubrics are, is the hallucinations or the fixed notions, terrifying delirium. So, and I, like I said, I just wanted to talk about this remedy because I'm always, you know, telling moms, it's not in my, my book, my homeopathy for mommy's book. It is not in there. It will be in my new book. And I also have a printout here that will be in the members group so that they can take a look at it and, and get a better sense of this, this remedy. But when we sum it up, it's just effects of shock or fright. It can actually be the effects of son or childbirth as well, dog bites, high fever, uh, head injury, hydrophobia. Like I said, it's the remedy that Hahnemann used to cure hydrophobia, which we know to be rabies. 
But don't discount this remedy either when it comes to your children with night terrors or when they think they hear voices or that they are talking to spirits. Um, it's it's an, a fantastic remedy. It really is. Like I said, it's so good for the young people because it seems to me that almost all young people go through most of those stages where they have these night terrors or dread of darkness um, or like I said, or hears voices or talks to people that aren't really there. And to them... They think everybody should have that. You know, they think, well, mom, don't you talk to you? (laughs) Trust me, that's an experience. And most people have it. We call it a delusion in the repertory, but at the same time, it's their reality. Everyone's delusions are their realities. They're listed as delusions, but like I said, they're the reality of the patient talking to you. So Anyway, with that, like I said, I just, I don't even, I don't have a lot of stories about stramonium. I've used it several times. I don't know quite what I would do without it. And I don't know why it wasn't in my original book. I think I didn't put it in my original book because to me it was a deeper, a deeper, it was acute. It can be very, very acute, but at the same time, it wasn't one that I was likely, I didn't use it when my children were young. So I didn't put it in my original book. And since then, I have used it a lot. <laughs> I think I started using it more when I had started having grandkids, just for the simple fact that I, I know it was it's a very strong acting remedy. And like I said, with the fevers, I have grandkids that have that type of intermittent fever. My children did not so much. I used to when I was young, and now my grandkids do a lot of them. So I use it more often now. And I just the other day I had suggested on the forum that someone try stramonium for a fever that belladonna wasn't touching and I, I don't know I didn't hear back from them how it worked but the point is is everyone needs to know about this remedy when belladonna fails very often stramonium will kick in and take care of the issue the fact is I had a mom not too long ago and it was when the whole coronavirus thing has been going on and she had four little kids and the dad all four kids were running a fever 104 she had emailed in the middle in the middle of the night, I picked it up and I said, and the dad wanted to take all the kids to the hospital. And I told her, I says, how, you know, look at their eyes. Are they responding to you? Are, do they know what you're talking about? Can they answer you? Check their skin, check them for dehydration. I always insist that moms always make sure the children are, you know, hydrated. And for a child, one to two teaspoons of liquid per hour given in small increments, you know, you can just give with an eyedropper. That will keep them from getting dehydrated. If a child has diarrhea, vomiting, or just refuses to drink, you just, like I said, you just give them small amounts, really small amounts. Have them suck on a ice cube, or like I said, just give them water in an eyedropper even so that it's not shocking the system. Give it at room temperature. So again, it's not shocking the system if they tend to want to throw up. And then check their skin. And when I say check their skin, Someone who is getting dehydrated, when you push like on a fleshy part of their skin, like on their forearm, and if it stays indented, that's a good sign that they're getting dehydrated. If it bounces back, they're good. They're not dehydrated. And you can look at their eyes. If they start getting dehydrated, their eyes will sink in. And you want to make sure that their eyes are not sunken because that's, again, that's a sign of dehydration. If their eyes look bright and they're responding to you, don't worry, okay? They're not getting dehydrated. They're good. I, I do worry about dehydration because it is, it's hard to bring them back, but if they have violent diarrhea or, you know, vomiting, then, you know, we look at different remedies. Then we look at, you know, potophyllum or veratrum or china. 
and then once you get that under control, just make sure that they get that hydration back. I like to use grape juice, organic grape juice. Everyone knows that mixed with mineral water or other good spring water in order so that they're getting their natural electrolytes. And it's super, super good because it's rich in mineral content. Um, because if you, if you look at the grape, the plant um, that produces grapes, the root goes very, very deep and it's bringing up a lot of good minerals. And you've got that deep purple color, which is indicative of rich mineral content. Even good wine, you know, a little bit of good wine, if that's all you have, uh, the stuff grown in Australia or Germany or somewhere, but um, just mix it with water and just even if just a few you know drops at a time um if you're if it's a small child mix it you know really <laughs> a lot of water to just a little bit of wine but the point is is they do get that good electrolyte content from the minerals then um but just make sure the child you know you can give um warm epsom salt tubs to help pull out fever the pickle socks always when there's a fever and but stramonium is an amazing remedy. And for heaven's sake, you know, if you're in that intermittent pattern of fever, don't let them get up and run around during the day because it does put an extra stress on the immune system. Just have them lay around. Let them watch their best, their favorite movie. Read them a book. Keep them calm. Keep them down. Feed them homemade chicken soup. And that, actually, it's so funny because they know that the smell, even of homemade chicken soup, actually stimulates the immune system. And just even the smell, the olfactory, not to mention what happens to our body when we eat good homemade chicken soup. And one of the things I want to put on sale here at the store is we call it nutritional yeast. And I make my homemade chicken soup with that seasoning. Oh my gosh, it's the best. So I, sh I should actually, I'll, I'll talk to the girls about getting that up uh, to be up about the time this podcast comes on because it is amazing and I actually have I'll put the recipe in our members group because I do have an amazing um, seasoning that I put together to make my homemade chicken soup taste super super good and they're just all my different seasonings and so that's kind of the fun one of the fun things that we like to do on our members group is to, to put in good heritage style recipes so that we can cook from scratch you know from scratch and have amazing tasting stuff. Because I remember when I first got married, you know, that was back in the day where like Campbell's soup was the thing to have in the cupboard to make all of your sauces and soups and hot dishes and things like that with. Well, I couldn't afford those things. And so I was forced to literally read the cookbook. And back then you couldn't Google stuff because there was no computers, but I would read recipes and I would combine recipes to, you know, to get, to make my own soups. I ended up liking them better. <laughs> and then now even like with the store here, I make all sorts of soups. I make the chicken wild rice, the, you know, my chicken noodle. Oh my goodness. I, I, we have a, quite a menu of different soups and they're all from scratch and they're all with organic and natural ingredients. And they're amazing. Absolutely amazing. So anyway, like I said, I, those are the types of recipes we like to put up on our members corner heritage series recipes. My friend Kim teaches people how to make vegetable broth using just scraps, beef broth with, and she takes her beef bones and she bakes them and she shows you how to make your own beef broth and can it up. And so it's really fun. I, I like it a lot. And I invite all of you to, you know, become a part of our community and put your name on the waiting list. You could go to info at homeopathyformommies.com and 
Like I said, put your name on our waiting list to get into our members group because it's an amazing place to learn a lot of really wonderful things and how to be self-sufficient and how to take care of your family in a natural way. And also the best part about it is we have our resident sports medicine guy, Keith, and he has little videos up there. We talk about essential oils. We talk about cranial sacral. We have, like I said, the recipes, but we also have our live Q&A every month with, with me. And then we have our members forum. And this is a place where you can go on. It's, it's styled like Facebook, but it's totally private. And you can go on and you can ask questions. And we have amongst us several wonderful women that are fantastic at answering most of these questions. I do jump in once in a while and I try to answer a few questions, but my time is so limited lately that I don't get a chance to get in there very often. But I do like to answer questions on the forum. So like I said, that's that's my little plug for our members corner because I'm so excited about it. It's just growing and turning into such a wonderful place to have a safe place to go and ask questions about natural health and alternative medicine. So with that, I'm going to let you go. I just wanted to touch base and, and tell you a little bit about this wonderful remedy called Stramonium. And like I said, one of the things I didn't mention is people who stammer, you know, they have, they stutter, they have a stuttering speech. This again is the first remedy you want to think of for stuttering simply because most stuttering or most stammering is a situation that occurred due to an emotional trauma or the original fright that that person experienced. And then they will stutter or stammer after that, or they start to stammer even when they're publicly speaking, because it's that type of deep seated fright that comes on. So anyway, like I said, it's an amazing remedy and I have the printable here and you can check it out at our members corner. So thank you so much, everyone. And I hope that this has helped and I hope you learned something today. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.